I stopped seeing Claire about two weeks later, although not necessarily out of choice, but more out of circumstance. When she came back from visiting her boyfriend, things were fine, or at least did my very best to make them seem so. I was very good at acting, like everything was hunky-dory, and treating her better than I had done thus far was more than a perfect start. At first, she was taken aback by it, and often commented that I was like a new person, but then sought to constantly ask what was wrong, as if I had something to hide. I did, but was faced with no choice but to laugh it off and protest my innocence. Whether she believed me or not, I don't know, but soon she stopped pushing, and I figured I was in the clear. I still felt pretty guilty though. Whilst Claire was 90 miles away, splitting with her boyfriend on account of me, I had been attempting to find my way around India's body, like a blind person at a brothel. It was comedic irony at its best, and out of fear of losing Claire, and the potential damage to my reputation, I was more adamant than ever that no one could ever find out I'd slept with India. Okay, so we have a culture where most men are stereotypically more inclined to talk about the troll or princess they bed, as if group gratification makes you more of a man. And I'm not saying it's something I've never taken part in, but for the first time throughout my sexual history, India was one girl I wouldn't be bragging about. I should have realised though something was afoot, when a few days later, Claire asked me during an episode of Family Guy if I'd... Got with anyone else whilst living on campus? I looked at her for a second, perplexed. <laughs> no. I scoffed and lied. Why are you asking that? I don't care if you have. She responded. It's not as if I have any say in what you do anyway. And Come on. I said I haven't. There hasn't been anyone else, alright? It's as simple as that. I can do a lot of things, <laughs> yeah. One thing I can't do is juggle two people at once. Seriously, what's going on with you? You don't normally ask questions like this for no reason. It turned out one of her housemates, who knew about her and I, had heard that India had been in my flat and had subsequently warned Claire. Although no specific details were exchanged, assumptions were made, and Claire, obviously wanting to know facts rather than presumptions, decided to ask me directly. Once she revealed that, I faced what seemed like at the time a really life-altering decision. Admit the mistake I'd made, put it down to being drunk, although I wasn't, or continue to lie and feign complete ignorance. Unsurprisingly, I chose the latter, and in quite remarkable but typical fashion, managed to dig a further hole for myself. I admitted that India had been in my flat, but that I'd asked her to leave because she was too drunk 
and got too close and too over familiar. But honestly, nothing happened though. I added, and I didn't want to say anything to you because how I thought you might react. Plus, she kind of asked me not to, so. Look, I'm just sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry I didn't tell you straight away. She understood, and we never spoke on the matter again. Looking back at it, it's repulsive how easy lying was to me. I'm by no means proud of it, but backed up into a corner and worried about losing Claire and my status, I didn't feel like I had much choice. I was surprised she believed me though, and equally relieved, because with such ease and not much protest, I dodged yet another bullet. That was close. But I was still slightly concerned. Unless someone had seen India enter or leave my flat, how on earth had it got out? It didn't take much working out. India had obviously told someone. And considering we'd only just had a discussion about privacy, I was far from happy. Flipping out, man. I knew at some point I'd have to address the rumours with her. But until then, I knew I had to concentrate on Claire and keep up the pretense as a doting loyal deity for as long as I possibly could. I ought to have known that when I ever be in my bonnet, drinking isn't the best thing for me. Any unfortunate series of events that transpired a few nights later could have been avoided had I shown some willpower and restraint. I realise this now, but at the time, angry and inebriated, I would have said or done anything to keep up the pretense. It was a Wednesday evening and quiz night at the student union. Wednesday nights were always busy, more so than any other night of the week, with the bar split into two sections. The vast majority were there to pit their brains against the student quiz master, whilst others were there to watch football, play pool and drink. I was there for the latter, and as usual spent my time ambling from group to group chatting and laughing and generally having a good time. I was relaxed and felt very much at home, as if everyone in attendance was there because of me or for me. Call it, call it a self-declared private party. I loved the fact that I could comfortably talk and make dozens of people laugh. <laughs> <laughs> and they listened intently to what I had to say. And quite frankly, that night was no different. Many of the students who lived on campus were there, as well as course mates and other student union regulars. I was in popularity bliss, and having put all the Indian nonsense from only a few days before behind me, there wasn't much that could deter my mood. That was 
until one of Claire's flatmates and friends pulled me aside and demanded point blank that I not hurt Claire. I looked at her, unsure what she was talking about, and in response, forced a wry smile and jokingly asked her what she meant, suspecting her concern to be a wind-up. But her face didn't change. And when she revealed that India let slip to her that we'd slept together, I had to pretend I couldn't believe what I was hearing. <laughs> what? She told you that? I asked, doing the best I could to feign ignorance. Yeah, she did. And I know you're gonna say otherwise. I don't care if you did, it's none of my business, but I'm looking out for Claire. So I'm telling you again, don't hurt her. Doing my best, I don't know what you're talking about, facial expression. I vehemently protested my innocence, adding that I would speak to India. Listen, I have no idea what's going on right now, but I'll speak to her and find out what's going on, yeah? I thanked her for letting me know. Excuse myself and moved to a conversation less controversial. Phew, what the hell was that about? It was a calculated move, as I was almost certain Claire's friend would speak to her and detail the conversation we'd had. By my calculations, the more people who repeated my claim of innocence, the better for me in the long run. And the only thing left to do was address the leak and keep a lookout for India. Anyone who was anyone on campus was there that night, and I knew India wouldn't miss it. Lo and behold, minutes after, I looked up from my beer to see her rolling. And my heart sank as if I was seeing her for the first time. Oh, there she is, oh fucking hell. She looked absolutely disgusting. Yo, is that India? What the fuck was I thinking? She didn't look any different from the last time I saw her. But I saw through all the foundation and concealer. And the way she made me feel was less than glamorous. They say, although I would never say this, that if you put a turd in a dress, no matter how much makeup you put on it, it is still a turd. And although more disappointed for sleeping with her, I had to put aside my disdain for her and find out why she'd gone against our agreement. What's up? She asked as I took her aside, smiling at me. <sighs> that fucking smile. <laughs> you tell me, India. I quipped back. Half jokingly, half serious. What did we say about keeping that stuff between us private? I have, though. No, you haven't. Liam, don't come over here and accuse me. India, you obviously haven't, because I've had Nicola just now give me the third degree. Uh, yeah, um, about that? Ah, uh, yeah, that. Those three words were uttered with such nonchalance and disregard that I looked at her with disbelief for about 30 seconds because I knew full well, had I not named Claire's friend, she would have continued to lie to me and deny all knowledge. Before I had a chance to react to it though, she continued. Yeah, I told her, but like, 
We were talking, and she's my friend, and I can trust her. Really? Obviously not if she's just come interrogating me about it, no? What's the big deal? Why are you doing that? Did I or did I not say to you I don't want certain people to find out? I shouldn't have to go into any more detail than that with you. It's not just about you, though, is it? I'll tell who I want. If you didn't want anyone to find out, you shouldn't have done it. Her reaction and fight back shocked me. And although I couldn't believe she had the audacity to speak to me like that, I knew she was right. But her arrogance was overpowering. And no matter how right she was, I was never going to admit it. Especially not to some blonde bimbo who'd thrown herself at me. She didn't realize that wasn't how the dialogue between us was supposed to go. Who the fuck did she think she was talking to? I was the coolest guy on campus, and her newfound braveness and middle finger up to the new campus status quo startled me so much that once again, for a few seconds, I actually didn't know what to say. It wasn't often people could say something to me when I was that pissed off, for it then stopped me dead in my tracks as having the last word in any conversation was imperative to me. But out of fear of the conversation turning into an argument, and everyone around hearing what was going on, I had to keep my composure, and not let my ego or need for secrecy dictate my mood, or how I dealt with her and her defiant attitude. Look, listen. Say what you want, but we had an agreement. I don't want to make a big thing out of this. Well, don't then, and just drop it. It just happened. Nicola and I were talking, and it just came out. I don't know what you want me to say. India, hold on a minute, man. Did you not at least think, ah, oh, um, let me at least talk to Liam first in case someone else tells her? Did it not cross your mind at all? Who else have you told? No one. Well, I mean, other than Nicola, just... Stephen. The fuck was Stephen? Stephen? Stephen who? She pointed across the bar. Her chubby, fat fingers, aimed at a beanpole student, stood around, having a laugh and a joke with a few other people. I looked at her in amazement. What, Shadwell? Stephen Shadwell was just some dude who worked behind the bar. He was ghoulish and resembled an extra from a teen horror movie or one of the backup dancers from Thriller and yet was still deemed attractive and sexy on campus. I personally couldn't see why and that's not me hating and although I knew of him I never ever considered him to be any sort of threat. He struck me as the kind of guy who would lean in to kiss a girl and end up gnawing at their face instead. Girls love that sexy vampire time now. And I guess we have Stephanie Myers and that piece of shit Twilight to thank for that. With the attraction he held, he was the only other person on campus who could have rivaled me in terms of popularity and desire. But the guy was as boring as fart, and only really had his looks going for him. 
Okay. Um, did I miss something here? I asked her, puzzled. For what reason would you need to tell him? To make him jealous. She replied, coolly. I scoffed and burst out laughing. <laughs> what? What? Because I thought it was a punchline to a very shit joke. But her face didn't change. And once I noticed that she was being deadly serious, it dawned on me how much trouble I was potentially in. She told me she liked Stephen and that she thought he liked her, but wasn't willing to commit to anything. And the only way to give him a kick up the backside was to tell him that she slept with me. To be honest with you, I don't even know why I gave her the chance to explain herself. In one fair swoop, she'd royally fucked me. If I didn't have anything to hide, I could have turned a negative into a positive. After all, she only wanted to brag she'd managed to bed me, the big cheese on campus, against all odds. It was a classic bed a celebrity and then sell it scenario, although obviously less of a sensational exclusive. That being said, the gloating had to be shut down before it got out of control. Otherwise, it would be enough to create a PR disaster for me. So swallowing my pride and rising anger, I spoke next, doing my utmost best to keep it under control. Oh, fuck's sake. Oh, you're a fucking idiot, you know that? I said, if you were going to do something like that, you should have come to me first. Oh, just fuck off, Liam. She replied, snidely, her pig face contorted and eyes squinting at me. I haven't got time for your bullshit today. Just deal with it, will ya? And then she walked off. With me, once again, stood looking at her in disbelief. Not only had she left me with a load of covering up to do, but she'd had the audacity to talk to me like a piece of shit. Someone ought to have warned her to never deviate from the script, especially with someone as volatile and unpredictable as me. But in all fairness, could you really blame her for underestimating me? As far as they were all concerned, I was the popular, happy-go-lucky chap without so much as a care in the world or a mean bone in my body. But what India failed to realise was, was that no matter who it is, everyone has a boiling point. I had a lot more to lose than just people on campus finding out. I was going to lose Claire too and break her heart as a result. And that wasn't something I was willing to let happen. Had India not walked off and left me standing there, feeling like she just sat on my chest, I'd have probably talked to her and found some impasse to our situation, enough to make both parties happy. But her obnoxious behaviour 
and blatant lack of respect put paid to all that. Rather than explode and show her up, I took myself to the bar, bought two beers and went home to cool off. Buying those two extra beers and drinking the further two cans I had at home, all within the space of 25 minutes, may not have been such a good idea if I genuinely wanted to cool off. And whilst I paced up and down my room, all I could think about was how close I was to being caught out. The nausea was excruciating, as if I'd been repeatedly punched in the stomach. And even with the large amount of alcohol in my system, consumed to numb that feeling, the possibility of everything I'd built up crashing down around me was overbearing and underwhelming. So much so, that it was enough to send me into bouts of fear and panic. Had Lauren and Mark been around, I'm sure they'd have been able to talk some sense into me and suggest an action plan designed to sort it all out. But I was left to my own drunken devices, which is never ideal when your back is against the wall. Yeah. I don't know who she's talking to. Stupid cow. The more I pondered, the more I realised I only really had one choice. We as people are only as good as our word. And what I couldn't get over was that something as simple as privacy, India had gone against and had broken our agreement. Of course, I was a hypocrite, considering what I had done to Izzy before. But none of that was factored at the time. And as punishment for the betrayal, India had to be put in her place, stopped, and made to realise that it was something she could never be allowed to do to me again. It seemed foolproof. And if doing so would undoubtedly clear my name, then brilliant. For who was she in comparison to me? Who were people more likely to believe? There was no alternative. And once the beer had been completely consumed, I was taken over. And it made me more determined than ever. I couldn't afford to see my empire go to shit. And I was ready to step on anyone to ensure it remained that way.